please remain standing for the reading of God's word. Today's reading comes from Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 to 18. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. Whoever had a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up to the mountain, and the, mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now on the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went, on, went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. This is God's word. Amen. You may be seated. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and one of our amazing brothers will bring that to you. We were uh, singing a song by Charles Jenkins, which was called Awesome. And uh, today, my prayer and my hope is that uh, as we dive into today's text, that we'll gain a greater thankfulness for God's word as a result of understanding how awesome he is and understanding uh, his awesome nature and character. So will you turn with me to chapter 24? We're going to start at verse 12. Uh, Can you turn there as I pray for us? God, would you guide this time? Uh, Lead us that we might understand the beauty of who you are that much more as a result of uh, coming before you and being encouraged through your scriptures. Would you allow the ears of of those that are present uh, to be attentive would you guide my tongue that, uh, that it would be you delivering this message and not me? It's in your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Verse 12, the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there that I may, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. Instruction. It seems like there's a, a little bit of a, a difference here because he says uh, law and commandments. And you got to wonder for a moment when you see that, what, what is the difference? Why does it seem to be law and commandments? Well, back in their day, uh, the law was what was spoken orally. It was the rules. It was the understanding of how to do life. It was the expectations that was communicated to each person but it happened orally. So you were taught it, then you were expected to know it, and then you were expected to teach someone else. And that way the whole community was on the same understanding, but it was always through words. The commandments, on the other, sta- on the other hand, commandments are now God saying, I understand that there's a way in which you do things and that I've, that I've communicated my expectations of you. But now I'm actually going to write down on tablets of stones my Ten 
clear expectations by which everything else is going to flow out of that. So now instruction is the way in which you are supposed to live. You're always supposed to live according to who God is. But first it happened orally. And then it happened in a written format on tablets of stone. I, uh, in our house, we have, we have four kids. And our, uh, one of the ways in which we try to teach our kids um, some of the basic things of life was through an, an, an oral kind of, we say it to them, they say it back. So we were trying to teach the kids how to say, how to learn their phone number. Just in case they ever got somewhere where we got away from them, they would at least know their phone number. And so we set up a little incentive system where it was like, all right, hey, you get a piece of candy if you know your phone number. But actually, the older kids started cheating a little bit, and they were like, you know, three, one, three. They were doing sign language and all this different stuff to the little ones. So what we said was, hey, wait a minute. The, the littlest one... When they know it, actually everyone gets a piece of candy. But if they don't know it, nobody gets a piece of candy. And, what, and, and, and our, our intention behind it was really, and, and, what, and, and this is the catcher, there was never like a, a planned time to when dad or mom would ask, do you know your phone number? So at any moment, dad could say, you know your phone number? Here's a chance. You can get a piece of candy. All the kids come in. Come on, you can do it. We believe, you know. 313, you know this. But, but our, our hope was that in the morning, one of the kids would say, come here, Elisha. Well, not Elisha. He's only two. But they would, they would actually go to Ezra. All right, Ezra. Hey, do you know your number? Say it. Nope. You missed one. Let's practice. And then over here, Lele, do you remember the address? Okay. And so all throughout life, they're kind of quizzing one another and engaging with one another orally with the hope of they'll be able to get the piece of candy when dad at any moment could ask. You see, the hope within the, the people of God is that, is that there's a beautiful understanding of what God expects of them. And that any moment, there could be challenges that the enemy presents. But in order to live life to the fullest, each person needed to be able to understand what was expected of them. And so it was communicated orally, constantly. But as you and I know, an oral law has its place. But at some point, you need to know how to read and write your own name. So I can't remember a time when I tried to teach my child their name. I've spoken to my child with that name from the day they were born. But at some point, there was a shift where I said, now you need to learn how to write your name, read your name, where, where something actually placed before them that was tangible helped them to understand themselves a little bit better. And so God gives the people of God these tablets, these tablets of stone, and they have his Ten Commandments on it. Now, it's important that we understand this term instruction because for some of us, when we hear instruction, it it rubs us the wrong way. You hear the word rules, and I'll say, I think of my, my, my short time as a pastor of eight years when, when people hear the word rules, it's probably one of the top five triggers that have people pull back. What, what are you going to place on me? What are you going to restrict 
How, how are you going to confine? You know, there's all these assumptions that come with the term rules or instructions. But when it's given within a relationship of care, when it's given within a relationship of love, when it's given within a relationship for your good and how you will succeed and do well in life, it actually is a blessing. I want to look at two examples from the Bible where we see this term instruction and rules communicated. If you can turn and actually it'll be up here. We're going to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. One of the expressions of instruction and rules comes through a relationship of a father with his son. It says in chapter 4 of Proverbs... First one, hear, O sons, a father's what? Instruction. And be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words and keep my commandments and live. See, this context is one of a relationship where the purpose of these instructions and these rules are for you to get the fullness out of life. The fullness and respond fully to this amazing holy God that has designed and created each of us. I want to give a second example that's found in in 1 Samuel. And 1 Samuel is, is set in this environment where, where uh, the people of God have had a number of different uh, internal leaders and they, they were a bit divided. And finally they said, you know what, let's unify. We want to get a king. We want somebody in charge of us. And they get this king named Saul. And let's just say it's not going too well for Saul right now. Not going too well for him as the leader. And so Samuel is charged with, with, with finding the next king, and he finds King David. And David is going to be a, a prototype. He's going to be a, a model for Christ. But Samuel is the one that anoints David. So Samuel is a leader in the people of Israel. And as he's given his farewell speech to these people that he loves dearly, as he gives his farewell speech in chapter 12, He says these words, starting at verse 23. He says, Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good and in the right way. And I will instruct you in the good and in the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. See, the aim of instruction and the aim of rules, these Ten Commandments that were, that were given by this holy God to his people, the aim is that people would live to the fullest, that people would live right, live a life in the right manner. Do you see God's instruction as something that's truly good for you? Do we view God's word as as a means to help us live the good life? It's interesting. I I, I listened to this Christian rapper named Trip Lee, and uh, one of his, uh, he's he's got a lot of albums out, but he's got this song called The Good Life. 
And the, 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 the hook of the song is the good life is the life that's been laid down. Like we, we learn from Scripture what it means to lay our life before a king. He communicated clearly in these Ten Commandments what his expectations for us was and what they were. And this people, people of God that were set aside for him, uh, get to have those in a tangible form as well as an oral form. But I, uh, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I do see rules play and instructions play a really uh, healthy part of life. I mean, we love rules when it comes to driving. You drive in Detroit and you see folks breaking rules all the time. <laughs> I actually drive like against the rules. I like, I know I'm supposed to pull up to the light, but I pull up like about 10 feet behind the light just in case somebody comes swiping. You know what I mean? Like in our city, rules matter greatly. And a, and, and a breaking of the rules could cause havoc. But instruction is, is one that I think I've come to learn uh, most closely as it relates to medicine. Because see, within, with, with medicine, if you take too little of your dosage, it really doesn't do anything for you. But if you take too much, it actually could kill you. You see, following the instructions have the ability to bring forth healing. And family, this God of everything sees his people and he gives them these Ten Commandments because they are good for the people. And he has uh, has a purpose, he has a goal for them in mind that they don't even realize actually allows them to live the truly good life and be healed. So this is a, it's an interesting part because as J.D. said last week, as Jonathan shared with us last week, uh, the beauty of covenant that came before this. And, uh, and this, is, this is interesting because God gives us a lot of understanding. He gives us a lot of, of uh, laws. But this is the only place where God actually himself writes something down. He speaks through Moses. He will speak through prophets. But as far as him, his self, his penmanship, his handwriting, it's almost like a, a drop mic moment. Ten Commandments, I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's valuable. It is extremely uh, precious in the sight of the people of God. And it is extremely unique. For, for while there were many religions and many faiths going on, there was no faith that claimed that their God had given them something directly. That, that he would take time to write on a tablet of stone and say, for your good, I present this to you. But this is also a little, a, a, a little bit uh, uh, interesting because this God who writes on these tablets says, I will be your provider, but just as I am your provider, I will also bring forth consequences for disobedience. And so we're going to get a picture of the fullness of this God who is mercy, justice, peace, righteousness, as we continue on. 
So in verse 13, it says, So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. I find this, this kind of an interesting part. Because you got, you got the people of God, they view everything that's going on, okay? They had, they had the 70 leaders that, that went ahead. Those leaders then get, get a little smaller, and you get um, uh, Nadab, Abihu, and Aaron. Uh, also with Joshua, they go a little bit closer to the mountain. And then Moses and Joshua themselves leave those three and go further up the mountain. And, and Moses could have said anything to the people when he leaves them. He could have said, hey, I'm about to leave. Can y'all worship? You see, you see the fire and the smoke? I'm going up there. Can y'all worship while I'm up there so nothing happens to me? You know, he could have said, hey, there's people all around that want to take our stuff. So you go to the outpost over there and you set up over here. Get ready. There's a lot of stuff that he could have said. You know the thing that he says? He says, if there's a problem in a camp, I want you to go to Aaron and her to resolve it. How, how many of you all have siblings? All right. Now, you might have parents and they prepare to go take care of an errand, a task, and they're going to leave the kids home. They're going to leave you and your siblings home. So they say, hey, make sure that you guys do A, B, and C. But as I'm about to leave... Justin's in charge. Why, why do parents do that? Why, why do parents place a person in charge? Huh? The expectation of conflict. If, if you're human, if you've been around long enough, you know, even if everything is perfect, they got video games, popcorns, popsicles, gummy bears. You can set the whole scene. Give them everything. Somebody going to start fighting over the gummy bears. Somebody's going to be mad they played the video game a little too long. Conflict arises. And, and, and I struggle sometimes with my non-Christian friends because they think that we as Christians trying to present ourselves as perfect. The Bible shows that we are not perfect at all. The Bible shows, as my pastor continues to tell us, that there is only one that is perfect, a perfect God, and there are people in need of him constantly. And here Moses says, you know what? I've been around the block with y'all a few times. I know that when I leave, I know how you're going to do. So instead of me coming back to a war within, how about I create a structure by which you guys will be able to resolve issues? I think it's interesting that even, even as Moses is going on behalf of the people, he's thinking of how to care for them. It's a great, great leadership uh, example, but an even greater understanding that God gives us, gives us all to know and see actually the depravity of man and how you can see right before you the holiness and the beauty of God and yet begin fighting within. And so in verse 15, then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. 
And on the seventh day he called to Moses, he, on, and on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I think most of this uh, depiction and most of this uh, passage of scripture is pretty self-explanatory, but there's a kind of a five-letter phrase in there, the glory of the Lord, that I don't think is common to us. I don't think we really grasp what that is. And so the, the glory of the Lord is a, is a manifestation of his attributes. It's, it's what has happened in the heavenly realm actually entering into humanity and having a presence. And that presence brings with it what was in the heavenly realm of holy, righteous, um, uh, 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 peace, mercy, justice, these attributes that are, uh, that are of God comes into, into humanity and we get to see a manifestation of those things. And it looks like fire and smoke before the people. Now, I don't know exactly why God chose fire and smoke as the manifestation, uh, but I'm, I've come to learn a, a, a few things. I've, I've also, like, I need some, um, like, mental pictures sometimes to help me grasp a concept. And so I was, I'm, I'm, I was in a grocery store like you guys, and I saw a kid, and he was excited, kicking it with mama. He's ready to get a, a bag of chips. Mama says no. And you would have thought, like the Pope, you would have thought this kid just went crazy. I mean, he starts yelling on the floor, kicking and screaming. And, and you guys have, you guys have been there. You, you've seen it where what is internal, and it might have been my kids that you saw, so I understand it. <laughs> but, but, but what is internal becomes expressed. And it is, it is in full-blown mode and that kid doesn't care how dirty the floor is. That kid doesn't care how embarrassed mama is. That kid doesn't care if there's a sale tomorrow and mama's going to buy a plenty bag of chips. The kid, all the kid doing is expressing what's inside. (laughs) Letting it out. You see, the glory of God is, is, is this image. It is, it is this, these beautiful attributes, this, this holiness, this, this righteousness, all in, right before us in fire and smoke. And, and, and the other image that, that came to me, I actually got help through Google. Because I, I sometimes will grab, a, when I see a word that I'm trying to get my hand around, I'll do a Google search and I'll pick image. And I'll just see what comes up as the image. And the image that came up was one of protest. And it wasn't just protest to police brutality, which is happening in our nation. But actually, it was, it was like, like protests all over the globe. It had thousands of Belgians that were protesting for reasons. And thousands of South Africans that were protesting for reasons. And thousands of... And, and, and I got it. If, if you've ever been to a large protest, a large march of any kind, 
Like it, it's calming in the sense that you see hundreds, maybe thousands of people all together in one place. And you get a picture and an image of unity like none other. There's a, there's a great peace that comes along with everybody being on the same page for a common goal and a common good, you know? But then in the blink of an eye, this peaceful a, a peaceful gathering of thousands can actually turn into an angry mob that can destroy everything in its path. I've seen everything from, from anger and people destroy things to fear, where people run from and people get trampled. And that, that image of a, of a unified calm but in the blink of an eye, a, a, a power that can destroy is, is, helps us wrap our mind around this holy God. Because you see, at one moment, he, he can present himself as peace, as loving. But at the same time, in the blink of an eye, can fully judge sin. Just as, just as when I walk within a large protest, I feel a sense of calm. I'm always still a little a little worried. See, this God that presents himself as fire and smoke right before the people, it's not, it's not for the purpose of comfort. It's not for the purpose of, of, of them being able to feel as if they can, they can uh, fully embrace and understand this God. This God's presence is, is so foreign that even being fully in his presence, you will die. See, the, the glory of the Lord that is shown are these attributes of who he is. And out of that glory, this God says, I'll write instructions that are for your good. Out of that glory, he says to his people that he's set apart, that I have a design for you, a life intended for you to live. And so he gives the Ten Commandments. But we get, we, get, we get disconnected sometimes because we read the Old Testament and we'll, we'll, we'll see that it was good for them, you know? Sometimes we get a little jealous. God, I wish you would just write it, write it out for me like that, you know? I wish your presence would appear and I would be, I would be in awe, but I would also be fearful as I, as I see the beauty of who you are, but also the power of who you are. And, and I just want you to make it plain. And so if you can, turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 14. Because that manifestation, the, the glory of the Lord is expressed in the New Testament also. John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This idea of God dwelling with his people. It first happened when the people were being taken out of Egypt. Okay? Guided, led out of Egypt. If they, as they were leaving, they were following. They were following this, this fire and this smoke. Then it happens again. We get to see this manifestation of fire and smoke at Mount Sinai. 
where Moses is given the Ten Commandments that are going to be the instructions, the way in which the people are going to live. But then we actually see the glory of the Lord. Not expressed in fire and in smoke. But expressed in the flesh of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians four, six says it this way. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you see that Jesus himself is giving each of us an opportunity to experience the glory of God? It is found in him. It is found in who he is. And so Jesus does not come to forsake the law. Actually, in in chapter 5 of Matthew, uh, Jesus comes and says in, in in the 17th verse, do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So now we get Jesus, the glory, the, the, you get the physical manifestation again of all these attributes, of all the love, of all the peace, of all the justice, of all the righteousness. All of those things that were, that were present in that glory cloud are now present in Jesus, and he's coming again with the aim of us experiencing the good life. But not to negate the previous law but to fulfill it. And so as, 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 as you read through, you know, chapter 5, he helps us learn not how to simply, uh, in verse 21, as it relates to anger. It says, you've heard it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. What is he saying there? He's saying is how you treat one another matters. Yes, I don't want you to kill. But you might try to be cunning enough to say, so what I spit in his face? I didn't murder him. But actually, don't murder him. And treat him kindly. And, 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 and what, what authority do you need that you shall believe this? Is me being the glory of God enough? Is me being the manifestation of all the attributes of God enough? You can go through to the, the oaths that he gives, how he feels about all of chapter five is him helping us understand that he is taking the law to another level in fulfilling it and helping us be able to live the good life. I, um, I have uh, the Lavalos in my Mac group uh, and I asked Maggie if I could share this. So my Mac group member's like, dang, is Pastor going to be telling my business? Don't worry, you're safe, you're safe. I got James and Maggie in my Mac group, and uh, um, it was probably about four, 
maybe about four weeks she was in Matt group, and maybe the fifth or sixth week she let slip out. She was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a first-degree black belt in Taekwondo. I'm like, what? First-degree black belt? So, you know, like, I got I to gotta start, like, make my chest a little bit bigger, you know, drop my bass and my voice, you know, because when... When a person in a room half your size might be able to beat you up, you got to like, you know, come with it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But it was interesting when I was like, man, like she's the same exact person, same kind character, same servant heart, same beautiful spirit. But when I recognized that there was this element of her that had a, a, a measure of power, things changed just a little bit. You know what I mean? She's still my home girl, but I might call her if I need some backup, you know? <laughs> Family today, as we've, as we've had a chance to unpack the beauty of this God who says, I want to give you instruction. But, 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 but my power, my glory, the, the beauty of who I am me being this God that has all these beautiful attributes that was, that was wrapped up in this fire and smoke and, and has the ability to, to destroy or the ability to lead you. As you've come to learn in this sitting that that power gave instruction, gave life, gave the ability to achieve the good life for the people of God. And now that same glory is manifested in Jesus. Does it help you understand Jesus' power a little bit more? Does it help you appreciate Jesus' words a little bit more? Does it help you in your, in, in your worship and in the way we live just a, just a little bit more? I've been struggling with what's the application of this sermon. I think it's, do we revere the glory of God? Do we have, as Charles Jenkins, as that song we saw, awesome God, do we realize how awesome he is and that he would love us enough to give his scriptures to us so that we could live a good life? I know, man, I know we struggle, and I know there's so many challenges during the week. But don't, don't, be, don't, don't let us be a body that's a, a, a Sunday uh, service and a discipleship time Bible reading church only. You know, where you got your Bible, it's the word of God given for you, and we open it right before we got to go to discipleship. Or we open it right before we got to go to Matt group because we're leading the discussion from the sermon. But the other five days, you know, we, we didn't been there. The other five days, the Bible's on the shelf. If, if it happened in your living room, would you see it differently? If the smoke and fire appeared in your living room, wrote on those pages and said, the Holy Scriptures, would you view it differently? What a a Bible is trying to help us see the connection. No, the scriptures are not the same as the Ten Commandments. Not drawing that parallel. But I am helping you see that these scriptures that we have today is the holy word of God with the intention that is the same of the Ten Commandments, which is that we would be able to experience the good 
life. Don't let it sit on a shelf. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful for the way that you have created us. You've given us a sense of fear, and that's good. And I'm sure the people of God feared you when they saw fire and smoke leading. (laughs) Scriptures tell us they feared you. But Lord, they also had a, a, a reverence for you and awe of you. And would you allow us to have that same awe in our hearts as we want to worship you, Lord, as we want to respond in obedience. Give us the ability to to. Uh, reflect on these um, scriptures in a manner where it leads us to want to dive into your word that much more often with greater frequency, but most importantly, with greater passion. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray.